from Los Angeles, California. This is The Relationship Show with Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny. This is a casual conversation between two friends and colleagues taking serious topics not so seriously. This podcast contains strong language and is intended for mature audiences. It is for entertainment purposes only. Enjoy. There's a degree to which I personally want to keep certain things private, not because I'm even ashamed about them. It's more just like, I don't want my husband seeing me plucking chin hairs, yeah. right? You know, it's just hey. like, it's not like he doesn't need, <laughs> it's not like it's some big secret that he can't. Exactly. Or m- yeah. Must not ever know, yeah. but it's just Aww. like, what? there's also just no reason for him to see that. Secrets and lies. Because my thought was, do you get chin hairs? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm. I thought you were using that as an example. It is an example, though. But I mean, uh, I'm just surprised, that's all. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm a human being. A lot of women do. Most women do. Because I never saw chin hairs on Well, that's because I try <laughs> to keep up with them. The goal is that nobody ever sees them, right? Right. right? Isn't that sort of the, the hope? Hi, and welcome back to The Relationship Show with Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny. And joining us again today is our friend and colleague, Candace McKenzie. We are happy to have you here, Candace. Thank you. A pleasure to be back, as always. This month, we are talking about secrets and lies in families and relationships. And, Wendy, what was it that made you decide to bring this topic to the table? Well, Jenny, (laughs) Uh, yeah, I think there's so many interesting stories in the news right now, and I had a, a strong reaction to some of the stories, and then just thinking about how all the secrets run through families and relationships, and are secrets okay, are they not okay? Some people say to have a loving, strong relationship, you shouldn't have any secrets. And I know other couples that have very strong, loving relationships that do have secrets and say that, you know, it's okay to have their own personal kind of backstory to things and that they don't feel like they need to disclose everything. So um, I was looking at the... Bruce Jenner story and how secrets kind of ran through. We're not going to talk about that specific situation. Um, We can if you all want to, but I was just thinking about that. And then I don't really watch that family, the Duggars or something. Yeah, I don't watch it either. But uh, something about disclosing sexual abuse history. And um, I know very little about this story, but how the I guess two of the daughters who had allegedly been molested were sharing confidential information. So somebody was interviewing them but said, oh, no, this is very, very confidential. And then under that certain act, Mm -hmm. it's a privacy act or something. Mm -hmm. Freedom of Information Act. Yes. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? How do I do what? Just pull out (laughs) factual like you just you're so awesome when you do that you've done your homework thank you man god no I could just say anything about hibachi and she would whip out anything anything at all you mean hibachi grill yeah (laughs) yes time massage go yeah 
but you're so good at password and those kinds of games. So together we make a good team. Yes. <laughs> yes, we do make a good team. So, yeah. So, I, you know, and I was just thinking the, the, the girls just when they were interviewed just looked so devastated and. And it kind of feels like they were raped again in a way, you know, it just kind of feels like where your information goes. And especially, you know, I'm all about uh, cyber education and technology and, you know, is anything ever private anyway? But the whole concept of secrets and when we tell and how we tell and who finds out, do we personally disclose or does someone else find out? How many times do we get people who stalk other people's Facebook? And, you know, that information isn't directly to you unless you're, quote, a friend. But you can also get through somebody else's Facebook, through another person's Facebook and find out information. And that's what I call a swooper. You're swooping somebody's. It's not intentionally yours. But when do we become FBI agents and CIA agents and you know, even early stage dating, right? When do we disclose the kind of skeletons in our closet or personal information? Do you do it on coffee date number one or, you know, do you say six months into it? Well, these are all really good questions and I think worth exploring. Mm. Um, so what do we mean when we're talking about secrets? What What's the difference between a secret and a lie? Candace. Oh, I kind of think that um, they kind of go along the same pendulum in a way. I mean, I think that if you look at, you know, if we talk about a secret, it's hiding something, right? A secret can be something that um, it's shame-based. So I guess I look at a secret as much more of it's it has to be hush. I can't tell the person because I'm scared of a judgment either for myself or how the other person may feel. Mm-hmm. But I think what can happen with secrets is that they can affect not only your yourself, you can start to begin to lie to yourself, right? That turns into what we know of as a lie, where some people may take a lie as you're coming from having a bad intention, if that makes sense. So you can begin to start to lie to yourself about who you are and how this has affected you. You can, some people can think that the family, you know, the family members like, why didn't you tell me this? This makes perfect sense. Like, why did you lie about this? This has affected sort of our relationship. You know, a secret sort of divine is not to know or, or not known or seen or not meant to be known or seen by others. Um, something that's kept or it's meant to be kept um, unknown. So I don't know if that, you know, it's, it gets sticky, right? Because right. how you may feel about a secret is different maybe than how I sort of equate a secret culturally, right? Through lifespan, through, sure. yeah. Stage so, of life stuff as yeah. well, right? Yeah. And it's interesting as therapists because we hear people's secrets. We listen to them. Uh but then, you know, the definition of lying is telling lies, false statements, or being untruthful. Right. A lie mm. usually is deliberately conveying some kind of a false impression. Yeah. Giving false mm-hmm. information for some reason. And yeah. secrets might have their basis in real information mm-hmm. or in a belief that you have. Mm-hmm. Like you might secretly believe something or it might be something that's happened to you in the past or is happening to you now or is going to happen to you in the future, right? Mm-hmm. And don't people come into therapy and they tell secrets and yeah. they tell lies? I have many clients who come in who are not looking for a specific intervention per se, but they're looking for a space to tell their secret. 
And I think we've all sort of experienced that, right? We have clients who come in and you just know, you just need to sit back and just be there with them, right? That that's part of the therapeutic process. They don't need you to throw something. You just need to be there as a confidential other human being, right? It's something they can't tell their family, their best friends, if if it's a religious sort of aspect, their pastor or bishop, that there's a sense of safety and confidentiality. I have something I just need to get off my chest. So and it's very talk- profound. You're talking about an unburdening, yes. too, that a secret can really be a burden that yeah. somebody's carrying around with them. Definitely. It's another, and it's interesting because people don't realize that secrets can take a life of their own. In relationships, there's a relationship, and then there's the secret, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. It's an, it becomes its whole other entity where so much of the energy and effort is, how am I going to lock this away, right? How am I going to, going to you know, um, keep this a secret? Mad Men, I think, was such a beautiful show that talks so much about that, yeah, right? And absolutely. how it affected Don and how it affected other people. and His whole identity was a yes, secret. Yeah. And yeah. his whole life, he was burdened by yeah. what it meant to keep up that facade. Mm-hmm. And Exactly. And we see it in a lot of, a lot of art. Um, Mm -hmm. You can also look at what happens to someone when you strip away their secrets. And there's a sense of release, a sense of grief, a sense of, it can be happy, but it can be very scary, of course, too, as well. Is there a amount of self deception Mm -hmm. that we need to survive? Because there's some researchers, some some people say we need to. We need to lie to ourselves in order to keep going. It's 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 a fake survival it, mechanism. Fake it until you make it. Fake it until you make it. Right, yeah. <laughs> Thinking so you shall be and yeah. but then that's like cognitive behavioral acting as if. Are we lying? Or is that a secret that we're keeping? Mm-hmm. The other question is, does everyone lie? I think we all do to an extent. I think in yeah. da- I, I think Wendy was talking about dating. Like it's that funny saying, like meet the representative for the first three months, and because you you and I we all know, right? Yeah. You date a person, and then sometimes you know we've had those situations where three months or six months down the road, who the heck is this person? Right? right? Yep. Meet the representative. You know, so. Um, I think that that's part of the human nature, right? To survive. I mean, I think if we were brutally, like, honest sometimes with ourselves and didn't have, you know, live a little bit and like, I'm just going to right now, going to put myself in another space that I'm not in right now. I'm going to do like, if I'm in a really crappy situation, I'm not doing so great. That's the reality of the situation, but I'm going to think of, I'm doing better, right? Even if I'm not, it puts you into a different space. Well, so then it sounds like some of it can be bad cognitive One secret breeds another secret, breeds another lie, breeds another lie. Definitely. And I'm not, I'm certainly not at all suggesting that until you, you know, I certainly respect somebody that withholds information that they have every right to either withhold or disclose. That's up to the individual. I'm not putting, laying any judgments. I'm not, I'm just saying that when it starts to deeply affect your life and you're not happy with your life, then that's when the work needs to start to begin. Because I certainly respect that a person has their own personal, right? Um, What's what I'm looking for? Personal boundaries. I just can't tell somebody. This is my, it's my secret. It's for me to have. I don't feel a need to disclose it. It's not a, you know, do you get what I'm saying? It's not in any way affecting my life. Totally get it. Honor that. No problem. But when we're having anxiety, depression, addiction, things are really going crazy. Children are getting affected. You know, partners are getting affected. Jobs getting affected. Then 
how can we find a balance for you? So do you wait? Do you wait till you interrupt the level of functioning? You know, how do you know yeah. when that's it's a when, problem? That's usually when people come to therapy is when the, the behavior, it's gone, it's gone a little bit too far. The behavior is people come to therapy, not when things are great. They always come right when, when things are very impactful in their life. That's why we always encourage clients when it's always good when things are starting to get exacerbated to come in then before, right? Things have right. gone on the other spectrum, right? So you have some coping skills that you have some... Uh, s some options to think about. So the World of Psychology website uh, talks about five reasons why it is very bad to keep secrets and that it's harmful. One of them is keeping secrets can destroy relationships, as we know, right? Mm -hmm. It's a breakdown in communication. Uh, two, keeping secrets can affect children's lives. We know that. Oh, interesting. Can I just interject yes, on that really please. quick? Because um, I, it's so interesting that, you know, there's a lot of research that's out there. There's some clinical studies that they've done that say that family secrets can affect children's learning abilities. And specifically, the some of the studies were done around children who have learning disorders. And what they found was, was there was some family secret that was attached. And the reason um, how they've made that connection is that when you grow up in a family with where there are family secrets, right, you learn to not um, pick up on body language. Does yeah. that make sense? You're, you don't have a heightened sense of awareness. The sense of curiosity is lowered, right? Because of home, what we know is homostasis. Let's just let's all put on a happy face. Everything's Maintaining okay. Maintaining the status quo. Maintaining right. the status quo, right? And so what they found though was their connection with children. That the sense of curiosity, the you know, like asking the questions, was causing in, in, or exacerbating a learning disorder which I thought was really fascinating. What you're talking about also brings up, to, in, in my mind, the idea of control and that mm -hmm. secrets and lies, that keeping secrets and telling lies can also be a means of controlling ah. in a family, right? Controlling what Beautifully goes in, sad. what gets out, mm -hmm. and the child. And I'm especially sensitive to what you're talking about in terms of children because we all work with them and we've mm -hmm. all seen it, right? And there's, yeah. there are children who are afraid to disclose abuse because they don't want to be taken from their families. Right. Or uh, as you're talking about, the learning disabilities or perceptions of mm -hmm. the world are affected because their reality is being denied. Right. And this goes into one of the things you were mentioning, Wendy, with the Jenner family. Like, I, I don't watch those shows regularly, but I did tune into the two parts on Bruce talking to the family because mm -hmm. I really wanted to see how they were handling this. And a couple of the kids were talking about him coming out really confirming something that they had been feeling, even though they didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And it, it was so even though they're all adults now, mm -hmm. it was so apparent that that had been something that the kids had been carrying around, this idea that there's mm -hmm. something off, there's For something years. going on. Yeah. And silently, too, you know, mm -hmm. I understand different family members had different experiences and kept it to themselves for a little bit. So we talk about maybe the shame or embarrassment or just confusion, mm -hmm. you know, or avoidance, right? One of them mm -hmm. talked about having a moment where they saw something and avoided the whole situation altogether. But sitting with that. 
Yeah, and I think that's important to know, too, is that um, there can be something, and again, I, I'm very, very careful about saying this because I respect a person's right, you know, not to divulge something that they're ready to divulge. Sure. But I do think that there's something very beautiful, important for children to understand why the parents are acting as, as they're acting. Many examples that we see working with families where there's a, a sense of enmeshment or the parents are super anxious, right, about the children growing up and leaving the nest, right? They're, they're like, where are you going? Who are you going out with? You can't leave the front door. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and then you find out there was a family secret of rape or, right, or something that came from a different culture where you had to be on constant high alert. And so something about divulging or just open in a respectful way that the children, you, know, you don't have to divulge everything. It was something really beautiful. The kids were like, oh my God, I'm so glad that you said that. Now I know why you're acting, why you're acting, that it's yeah. not personally for me. It's you're projecting your own experience. And so let me tell you as your child that I am my own individual and you brought me up the right way. And that's not going to happen to me. I won't let that happen to me. So I don't know if you, I'm sure we've all sort of experienced that with families. Well, in that's something the kids about the, yeah. internalizing that it's something that they're doing or not right. doing, that there's somehow something wrong and they have something to do with it and they don't know what, or they want to fix right. it. Or even in the Jenner family, like they're yeah. saying somebody saw something and didn't say anything, mm -hmm. like avoiding it. Like, are they protecting themselves to avoid an awkward situation? Or are they protecting him or her yeah well they talk about holding resentment and causing suspicion mm -hmm. and so it makes you feel crazy mm -hmm. if right, you like, feel yeah. or know that somebody's carrying a secret or you have your own feeling mm -hmm. of secret or a lie and you're not sure you know a lot of people just don't know how to talk about it mm -hmm. so they don't have the coping skills they don't have the tools to yeah. say I have this big feeling and mm -hmm. I don't know yeah. what to do about it so it really messes with a, a sense of reality, you know, a false sense of reality. Um, one of the things in this article in the world of psychology is they talk about secrets can cause illness. And I thought that's so true. Important, <laughs> important to, to mention. Right. Somaticize, right? We yeah. talk a lot about that. Yeah. You see it a lot, so much in um, in certain families, you know, that they all, you know, that tummy, you, you know, somatic experiences that we see, headaches, you know, stomach back problems, right? Constantly having to go to the doctor and can't figure out what the issues are. The constant sense of, you The know, embodiment of something. Yes. Of some pain or some... Yes. Burden, mm -hmm. some some trouble that they're not able to express or work out in another mm -hmm. way. How stress can absolutely affect a predisposition that you may have, right? It can light the fire, right? Like, so if you have a family blueprint for high blood pressure, or there is a family blueprint for addiction, right, or depression, and then you're carrying a lot, ooh, a lot of stress in the family that that people don't know how to cope with. You, you know, I'm not saying that that for sure is going to happen to you, but you have a high propensity to, right, sort of repeat that. That sort of broken record. So that's what they say in this article yeah. is that excessive stre stress mm -hmm. and guilt for the person carries the burden and physical symptoms such as anxiety, headache, backaches, mm -hmm. digestive problems mm -hmm. can occur um, when you're yeah. internalizing it mm -hmm. and then uh, they turn to drugs or alcohol to mm -hmm. for because of the discomfort. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and those are actually Masking those the pain. become those become family secrets as well. I mean, if we're talking about uh, typical types of family systems or people who are susceptible to telling lies or keeping mm -hmm. secrets, you know, family systems that 
are carrying the weight and the transgenerational history mm-hmm. of abuse or trauma mm-hmm. or criminal backgrounds or addiction-based mm-hmm. family systems, all of these, regardless of the culture or individual status or income, they can really influence how prevalent lies mm-hmm. and secrets are in a family. Like Wendy was saying, if you haven't learned how to express those things and if you talk about those things in a healthy way, I mean, you've got to find a good therapist or group mm-hmm. or friend or group or, right. you know, for some clients, you know, I'm, I'm respectful too. I don't think that, um, you know, therapy in certain cultures is not, you know, it's, that's, that's a huge thing, right? For them. It's a very, very scary thing. So I always encourage somebody who's not quite ready to come to therapy is, I get it. No problem. Like, let me hook you up with this resource online. If the church is your therapeutic place, then definitely see if you can find a mentor in the church to speak to, right? In a confidential manner, right? Or a friend. And so I think that we're so fortunate that we do live in sort of an era where I feel like there is a lot. There's a lot of resources that are out there. So in sort of respecting culturally for that family, um, what's the best way to dip their toe in the water per se? Because it can, we, we know, we've seen this before. It can be really terrifying. How do I let my family know, right? If you're looking at rape or something like, how do you like do that without, I mean, I, I I'm not a parent, but or I'm molestation. Oh my or gosh! Like, how, how many tell my mom and dad, abuse. or how many tell my children? Like that, that's going to freak them out. Or addiction. Know? Oh I mean, my gosh! How many addiction. of us? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know about you all, but you know, yeah. I grew up in an alcoholic home. Mm. My mom is sober for over 38 years, mm. but yeah. you know, um, yeah, really amazing. <laughs> but to keep yeah. that secret and go to school every day, and you know, really not. It wasn't until I started having play dates with other kids that I thought, wait, why isn't your mom drunk? Why isn't she raging? Why isn't she, mm, you know, wait, yeah. your parents don't, you know, yeah. have a yeah. lot of deep struggles. It, mm. it was, you know, that it, to keep that uh, mm. secret, you know, I was eight years old when she got sober. So, um, you know, from zero to eight, really not understanding what that was. But I knew I had a feeling and I, I knew... It was definitely a family secret that yeah. we just didn't talk about. And, and how did that family secret sort of continue the addiction, too? Because that's usually feeds the addiction, right? Keeping the family secret, right? Because there's no... Yeah, if you're numbed out or... And nobody's reacting or setting consequences or, or not expressing their anger. Because we see that a lot with the families with addiction is that people are afraid to say anything, right? Or, you or know, my dad shame or anger. My dad was a workaholic. So yeah. I always say my mom was an alcoholic. My dad was workaholic. Mm-hmm. And I mean that. I mean, he did what he loved, which is really nice. But I think that's one of the ways that he dealt with yeah. keeping the secret. Because mm-hmm. he felt so powerless yeah. and helpless. Yeah. Yeah. You're also talking about a situation in which a child might not realize at first. You're talking about going over to your friends' houses and things are different. A kid may not even realize that it's a secret or that it's something that they have to cover up and mm-hmm. until there's a consequence, mm-hmm. you know, like we don't talk about that outside the family or yeah. you know, or you don't you don't mm-hmm. do that at another person's house or whatever the whatever the tender area is for the family and that the kids are raised and programmed not to talk about certain things or question certain things, which goes into what you were talking about, Candace, with the closing down the curiosity. Yeah. And it could really yeah. lead to some serious... And how does that affect in their adult relationships, right? And missing red flags... 
red flag. You know, I don't want to make waves. Just ignoring right? them or accepting them and as accepting normal. bad behavior. You know, you talk about dating or things of that sort. So, or or just not um, voicing boundaries, the poor boundaries. I think secrets breed, which is interesting, right? That it's the one thing that you you think you are holding as a boundary, but you're actually does that do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's actually teaching poor boundaries. I think sometimes. Yeah, I mean, what role does boundaries play? Because there mm-hmm. seems like there's there's the potential for there to be a, a boundary like of privacy, right? Mm-hmm. That past a certain circle you're not going to share certain things Mm -hmm. you've got a few close friends you might tell but then you're expand the social circle a little wider and you may Mm -hmm. not tell like everybody's got their sort of limit Mm -hmm. yeah you know um (laughs) it reminds me of a dear friend from years and years ago that it had a very long-term relationship and just very, like, professionals in the community and just uh, very conservative and out of the blue called to ask if I knew of any swinger clubs. <laughs> and first of all, while you're asking me, I don't, I don't know why she's I'd asking me. I'd be flattered. <laughs> they think that your hands can open and... How you non- going? <laughs> non-judgmental? Yes, I am. But I am not an expert, and let's clarify that. I'm not an expert on swinger clubs. Um, but Secret swingers. If, yes. That's new. <laughs> but anyway, so, and I, I, I was just, I felt many different things. I felt shocked. I felt like it was, I, I felt like it was a very intimate thing they were sharing with me. This person really, really, you know, said, oh, I guess you don't know that we swing and, um, you know, have an open relationship. And I, I thought you being in the psychology field and dealing with, um, uh, sex addiction or sex, you know, not even, you don't have to be addicted to, <laughs> to be in a swingers club. Let me not say that because I know a lot of people on the, you know, on, oh, no. in yeah. the world not who, who go and, it's fine. <laughs> I am not an expert. Here's a shovel. Here's a shovel. You can take your shovel. I think what you're saying is I that was, as long as you're consenting adults and everyone has appropriate boundaries, then more power to you. I was for you. I was just shocked, and I just it, it, okay. So it was information that she that this person disclosed that I just felt like I shouldn't have known about, and yet she was at like she was talking to me, and I'm thinking, you know, uh, here's a friendly conversation, and she's asking for professional something and I mean of course I can look in resources and I'm sure I could find something you know I I love helping people but um you know I'm just it was it was I was quite embarrassed I felt like uh shocked and saw that person in a totally different light and then um not negative just Mm -hmm. kind of um just felt intimate to me you know Mm -hmm. and I and I'm grateful and thankful but um I didn't have any resources for her. <laughs> if you are looking for resources, though, exactly. you can write to us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I can pull some up for you. Um, exactly. But you actually just said something that I think is key, and that's that you felt like they were sharing something very intimate and personal with you. And a lot of times, keeping secrets and telling lies prevents you right. from being Intimacy. close and connecting yeah. with people. Yeah. On the other hand, it can also be uh, 
people think that they are connecting with people by lying. Like, oh my god, you know, that's such a great color on you. And it's really Or babies. Not. How many times do you look or, at a baby and go, oh my god, your baby is so beautiful? And then a lot of people say, really, it was an unattractive, like right. something, you know, which is sad. I think babies are beautiful myself, but, you know, but I, all right, babies... Now, nobody's ever going to trust us when we say anything now. All but, babies are beautiful. But no. there is that, what is it, they're called false positives, like where you pretend like you like something more. Like the worst thing, I was just having this conversation with my physical therapist the other day about one of her clients who she complimented on her earrings, which looked pretty on her client, but her client was like, oh, here, you want them? You want them? And she was just like, I should never say anything. I was, I just realized I should never even point anything out because this woman in particular just wants to give you know she's just like oh you like them here take them and so here she was just trying to connect with this person make her feel comfortable pay her a compliment to a degree that she believed but she didn't want them right so there's a degree to which we have we use lies as social lubricant Mm. Ooh, Ooh. no you did it did you just go there Girl, that was good. I like that. I might have to swoop Social that. Social lubricant. That's a that is like an, a new urban dictionary wow. word. I love this. I like that. You go, Jenny. <laughs> Jesus. That is awesome. Thank Work you that. I'm sure I've read that. <laughs> Can I just bring up because you know I'm all about attachment theory, and I think it's important to just bring up that obviously, not obviously for some people, but that uh, according to research, that secure people find it, you know, easier to. Uh, get close with people and open up with them. So it's less likely that they're going to be secretive. But they say that avoidant and anxious, ambivalent attachment styles really relate to a high level of secrecy. So that's, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. when people are avoidant, obviously they live their lives, right? Just in a secretive, kind of reclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, their whole life is kind mm-hmm. of built on maybe secrets or, or, or lies just because that's how they white knuckle life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it sounds like you're talking about people lying and this is with an avoidant attachment? Um, uh, yeah, avoidant and anxious ambivalent. So sort of they're mistrustful, like um, maybe that somebody's not going to accept them as they are with their flaws and or that they'll forgive you or understand you. Yeah, I mean, if you think of their primary attachment figures, you know, if I'm trying to bond with my mother and she is highly narcissistic or avoidant herself and there's nowhere to bond with, then, you know, borderline or borderline. Yeah. yeah, That, you know, those internal feelings are going to go back in and feel very devastated Mm -hmm. and alone and neglected then that's going to be their experience in the world. Anytime they assert themselves or try to connect, it's going to be very hard unless they rework that, right? That's what therapists do. We work through and teach how to um, connect and share, you know, life. And even a lot of times with avoidant and ambivalent attachment styles, people feel like they're too much for us or what they're going to say is going to shock us or uh, be too overwhelming. Or they feel I have clients that come in and say, I have a history of lying and I'm probably going to lie to you. And I say, that's so honest. (laughs) 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 And that's okay because I'm here. You know, so, uh, but if you start off that way, um, we can deal with the shame, embarrassment, humiliation, um, 
because we want to give them a corrective emotional experience or a new feeling of what it feels like to tell the truth, to be honest, to connect. When someone is so avoidant and disorganized, there's a certain kind of chaos that they live from. And, you know, that, that secrets are their lover. That's what I say often, you know, and we have to replace that lover with another. <laughs> with something else here. Between replace the lover and the other lover and social lubricant. It's, it's just, I'm having so much fun. <gasps> We're a awesome. lover. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about secrets and lies mm-hmm. also can bring up on a more positive side a conversation about openness and honesty. And I think about honesty as telling the truth, right? Yeah. Hopefully in a sensitive, tactful way and in, in the right time and setting, which is not always possible and not, you know, whether because of the situation or because we can't control ourselves. But openness, I think, is really important, too, because openness to me is about sort of being willing to answer whatever question. Like, there are some things that I may not open up, right? I may not say, oh, yeah, you know, I I can get you some resources on swinger clubs to just anybody. I'm not going to bring it up in casual conversation. But if somebody says to me, Mm. hey, do you know anything about swingers clubs? Mm. I could openly and honestly say, why, yes, I do. Let me get you some information on that. Or, you know, Mm. well, let me talk to you a little bit about what it is that you're interested in or looking for. So you could be open to the conversation, but not necessarily offering it it up. I think a good example of that is kind of like finding the balance, too. I think that's what we're talking about, the middle ground, that, of course, um, being open is important. But I certainly think having a sense of ownership or, I don't know, if the, for lack of a better, autonomy to, I don't need to divulge that, right? Um, I'm thinking of an example of, like, clients who are like, well, my boyfriend wants to know, like, how many lovers I've had or girlfriend, you know, vice versa, right? And it's, that's a, I, I don't know if that's a good example for you guys to, to yeah, example. because it's like, you know. Um, what do you think? Do you think people should disclose that or no? I think it's up to the individual, but I also feel that I can see both. I I really do. It's really, truly up to the individual. I think it's if if you do not want to divulge it, then you have every right to say, I don't feel comfortable. I certainly think you you need to. um, I'm an advocate, you know, for the AIDS Foundation. So, of course, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you monogamous, you know, you need to be in a monogamous, if that's what's agreed, right? And testing. Where sexual history is definitely important. Yeah, like, I think you can do, I get, thank you for for kind of bringing me back, but the sexual history is important in the sense of, like, I'm good, everything's okay, I've been tested. Does that make sense what I'm saying, guys? Like, but I don't think there is, I mean, um, for, and I'm saying what I'm saying is I would support people that don't need to let them know that they've had this many people. I right. don't know. It's but if you're just, going to be sexually intimate with someone and you ca- carry the herpes virus, you oh better my, let them know. Even absolutely. if you're not having an outbreak, yes. it is still, it's like sexual yes. etiquette. Yes. It, you know, because you're harming things. another person. Because right. that's what we're, we're coming to that. Right. So. Um, and then I respect uh, somebody who is, um, it's their value system. And for the, the couple, if that makes sense, that they've decided together that, right, this, we will divulge it. So I, I guess I, I respect both sides. But as a therapist, don't you think that there's a part to which you want to explore 
why, why you don't want exactly. to divulge? Like, do you have some shame about the right. number of people yes. that you've had sex with? And yeah. therefore, mm-hmm. where does that come from, too? Yeah. What are your beliefs? Is there right. a right number? And right. why does your partner want to know? Exactly. That's yeah. Are they trying well to said. trap you in mm-hmm. something? Are they looking for a way out? Mm-hmm. Are they looking to get closer? Mm-hmm. Maybe they're trying to feel better about how many people they've slept with, mm-hmm. right? They're what is the what is the purpose of that conversation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is the purpose of that conversation? I really think it a lot. I hear it a lot over you need and over. To be again. all up in my business, <laughs> but I, I hear it a lot. Not not from all. I, I think that um, times have changed. You know, thank goodness. But I do hear it a lot in the sense of like there's a shame base. You know, the reaction from the other person. You know, I'm scared about that. And but it know, is questions. the intention again. Yeah. Like what you said, is it for sexual health? Um, yeah. And history. Yeah. Or is it because you want to obsess about exactly, you know, am I better or worse than John right. Doe? Right. Like, you know, and, sure. and is he mm-hmm. more wealthy or is he, you know, uh, whatever, so you know, can he be a better your lover? Low, uh, your low self-esteem or on some subconscious right. level or, yeah. or avoid connection and intimacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that might be the other mm-hmm. reason why you might ask somebody those mm-hmm. things, right, as well, if you're wanting to catch someone in a lie. What about if you've cheated on someone before in the past? This is an interesting question to ask you guys. Do you think that's something you, you should divulge to your, not, I'm saying like not currently in the relationship, right. but maybe before you've had a history of cheating on people before. Do you feel like that's something important that you should tell your current uh, partner? It's if a great he, question. What do you think, Dr. Wendy? Uh, Strong reaction. <laughs> She's gonna have to edit that out. No, or not. Do you not. think that that's withholding or keeping a secret? If you have, you know, I cheated on my wife or husband. That's a great or, question. Or, yeah, really, my past person, the past, the past, you know, spouse I was with. I think there's that's a great question. There's a degree to which, if you are able to disclose something like that, mm-hmm. you are making yourself vulnerable. Yeah. And that can be such a beautiful thing if you're trying to really get close and grow. And you could also say, well, there's a story behind me, right? There's there's lessons to be learned. And Mm -hmm. have you learned those lessons? And is that what you're going to have a conversation about? That, Mm -hmm. like, look, I had this experience. I did this. I made these mistakes or these choices. You may not even consider them mistakes. They may be... You know, mm-hmm. you may not feel that it was a bad thing in the situation. Maybe, you know, it's complicated. Or Every a lot situation. of people say, oh, we broke up during a break, quote, you know. Right. And, and then the other person will say, oh, it wasn't a break. We weren't on a break. And so it could be different perceptions of right. what you think is mm-hmm. cheating and at the time. And mm-hmm. and it is important, you know, a, a new relationship start off, well, any relationship with honesty, but whether to own it and to. Mm-hmm be honest about it moving forward with the circumstances, like you said. Um, but I do know that a lot of people omit that and, um, hope that secret or, you know, goes away, you know, so we work with a lot of people who have, uh, extramarital affairs Mm -hmm. and research talks about how that has a profound impact on children, Mm -hmm. just the unavailability of a parent. Mm -hmm. And so that the kids become neglected or, you know, parents are just uh, distracted or they're on technology and, you know, just, um, there's not a lot of attunement going on in the family. Mm -hmm. So, 
it's another mm -hmm. avoidant behavior mm -hmm. from that's preventing connection. I kind of wanted to be, uh, to go a little further back to what you were saying that I have worked with clients before that sort of that cheating behavior has stopped, right? And they're new, right? They're, it's a new, they want to, they, they're looking for a different type of relationship, right? They're different, they're different sort of person, right? Right. And so I certainly respect that. They don't, I also respect the other side that you don't have to tell the new person if you don't want to, because that was in the past. And if we think about mindfulness skills about this is who I am in the present here and now and we're moving forward. So I guess that kind of brings me to that sort of thing about when do you disclose when you not, you know, it's that whole thing of like, what do you disclose when and when not to? And I think that I always look at it in the sense of like, how much is it present, still present in your life? Does that make sense? How much is that secret still present in your life? Does that make sense? Because I have so many clients who come in like, I should, and I'm, they're struggling. And I'm like, well, let's talk about it. Like, how much is that? Do you feel that that's really going to currently affect your relationship? Right. Or it's because, like if somebody has yeah. a history of legal problems, whether it's a DUI or domestic violence, sure. um, you know, disclosing yeah. that. Do, when, when yeah. again, when do you disclose it? Do, yeah. you, do you share it that yeah. you've had three DUIs and does it yeah. matter? Or do yeah. we use mindfulness in the here and now no, and I, just yeah. you know and and sure. start mental fresh and illness new. physical yeah. illness like when do you tell them yeah. that you have a condition when do you yeah. tell them that you attempted suicide when do you tell them right. that you had an abortion when yep. do yeah. you tell them that you had a nose job when right. do you tell them all or do you not things? tell them you yeah. know so you or botox to. that's a big one <laughs> women all around los angeles in particular oh my gosh i can't tell you how many women get botox and don't tell their husbands <laughs> and they try to sneak by and uh, a lot of times their husbands will just say you look wonderful today mm -hmm. and they don't even know until the bill comes and then they find out <laughs> because they want to know who you've been giving this money to but but that is that a secret is that a lie or is that just self-care and beauty i mean withholding you know? or or is that your own like is there a degree to which we all have i think a so. right to our own privacy our own business our own like I was talking a little bit about the maintaining your mystery and allure, right? Like your own personal mm -hmm. grooming. It's like mm -hmm. my husband might know I'm getting the bikini wax, but he doesn't have to sit there and witness it, right? <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, it doesn't have to be. Uh, it's obviously not something that miraculously happens. <laughs> so we know something's happening, but mm -hmm. yeah, he doesn't have to have details. Right? And then especially with couples, I mean, how many times? Do we talk about the main two issues of sex and money, right? Mm -hmm. I had an orgasm or I didn't have an orgasm. I mean, that's a big one for women. Yeah. Oh, yes, I had one, you know. Or well, do I fake it so I can get to sleep and just be done? <laughs> right, so there could be lies in both of those directions. But yeah. aren't you sort of, in those cases, when, when it comes to sex, that you're all you're cheating yourself from getting what you want, mm -hmm. right? Because if you didn't have an orgasm and you say that you did, then your partner won't ever think that they have to do right. anything differently. Right. Um, like, maybe why they wouldn't don't. you want one? Right. Uh, or they think you're fine. You know, like, they think you're satisfied. Ooh. And at some point you're going to get resentful because right. you're, you know. So Ooh. then whose secret is really damaging who? Right. Yeah. Well, or you're fearful of hurting the other person's feelings, right? The sense of like, if I don't have an orgasm, it's going to hurt their feelings. And, you and know, like the whole that's not like, loving and trusting. Too. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. So I think that I think that's a really great topic in the sense of like a whole other show, right? Of the dangers of faking. And, you know, I'm not saying role, there's a difference between, we're talking a difference between faking and then role playing, right? Where right. it's the whole like the fun, right? We're talking okay. about the fun of. 
Showing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. In part two of this episode, Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny continue their conversation with Candace Dale McKenzie. As they further explore the influence of secrets and lies on modern relationships, these off-duty therapists take a closer look at deceptions in social media, internet dating, and what it all might have to do with the latest season of Bravo TV's Shaws of Sunset. Even if we all keep secrets and tell lies, can we minimize their negative impact on our lives and in our most important relationships? You'll have to listen, because we'll never tell. You've been listening to The Relationship Show with Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny, a casual conversation between two friends and colleagues taking serious topics not so seriously. Dr. Wendy O'Connor and Jenny J.V. Wilson see clients in private practice in Los Angeles, California, and can be found online at www.doctorwendyoconnor.com and www.jenijbwilson.com. For entertainment purposes only. We use lies as social lubricants. Ugh, I am good.